0: Dear Black men, I apologize, for I was not taught how to love you. They say men and women speak different languages, causing misunderstanding and conflict. The Black men I knew and thought I loved barely had a voice. My personal wrath and anger towards the other Black men before you, I carried into relationship with you. To be honest, the anger and hurt ran through my blood because of the pain my father caused. I have seen the anguish and lack of faith my mother had in you. The good black men were the ones that were exclusive to white women. Don't even bother because a dark-skinned girl like me would never stand a chance. At least that was what I was told. I expected you to love me when the world around us teaches you not to love yourself. We as black women don't have it easy either, but for you there is no support. I can't expect you to be the man for me when your own father neglected this very responsibility. Your mother could only do so much between trying to provide, raise, love, and support you. A job that is meant for two. My love was broken, sometimes possessive and jealous. The things the Bible tells us love isn't. Your behavior is only a reflection of how you view yourself. The immature thought of the more women you sleep with, is what the hood defines as a symbol of being a man. Little did you know that with the increasing body count, you shatter into smaller pieces. Your spreading of your broken love creates a domino effect of broken hearts. You were taught not to cry. That was the building blocks to your emotional unavailability. You never learned how to handle your emotions. You create children with women who you don't see any future hoping to be more than your father. Only to turn around and repeat because to break the cycle requires another level of strength that you believe you don't have. I have faith in you, the black man. More faith in you than you had in for yourself. I don't know how many times you've heard, he ain't shit. The confirmation of what you are starting to believe yourself. You pull away not to neglect the ones you love, but to find a way to fix things. It is in your blood to provide, but your past hinders you from doing so. You drown your sorrows away with Hennessy and smoke until your troubles disappear. The black woman you chose, the one that was once your peace, has become the voice from the outside. She is not content with your trying, nor can she see behind her frustration. We are both fighting for the same thing. We are looking to each other to fill a void that our parents should have filled. I'm searching for the unconditional love of my father and you the guidance and love of your father. Love is something we are born with, but how we show it through actions is a taught behavior. My only idea of a healthy relationship was what I saw on TV. It's not like that here in the real world. Black love doesn't have to be about struggle, but generationally our bonds and foundation have been broken. Change is required when we feel like we are falling in the same space as the ones before us. As a black woman, I vow to heal my wounds and prepare for a better me. Hopefully I can inspire you to do the same. Deep down, we both know we deserve and want something different. Dear black man, help me break this generational curse. This is my letter to the black man. Thank you for tuning in to episode six, My Letter to Black Men. Episode six, I can't believe I am here on the sixth episode. Um, I'm really... Looking forward to uh, this episode specifically because um, this is a near and dear topic. Um, it's about relationships and my experience with the Black man and my desire for the evolution of our men and the evolution of the Black family and Black relationships and Black love Um I wanted to talk about it because as a Black woman and being a single mother and going through the relationships and seeing the struggle of the Black family and actually being a part of it, I am now on the dating scene and to be honest with you, there was one point where I was actually going to give up on Black love Um, and this doesn't mean that I'm not into Dating other races. This doesn't mean that I'm not into um, interracial relationships. However, I do believe that Black love is beautiful because I believe that the depiction of Black love is rarely shown, um, especially on television. And um, even though we see it uh, often on television within our communities, it's very rare. We see a lot of uh, black women raising children on her own, um just seeing the black woman being the face of families, um, being single and independent and carrying the burden of the responsibilities of both the man and the woman. And I can honestly be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Uh one thing that I struggle with currently, right now, um as a black woman and being a professional being an author living in my dreams i struggle with finding love one thing one of my biggest fears is to become so independent that i push men away or i'm not receptive to allowing a man to be a man A lot of women that meet me, a lot of people that meet me tell me that I need to tone down my masculinity and um, my willingness to constantly do things for myself and not ask for help. Um, However, I've grown to become so independent and so uh, self-reliant that to allow someone within my circle and to trust someone to get things done how I see fit um, has become very complex for me and very difficult. So on the dating scene right now for me, I can honestly say that what I've noticed or I've identified is that even when I was growing up with my mom, I seen women, the women of my family they will be the breadwinner. They would have successful careers, pretty decent jobs, making the money, having their own stuff. But the men that they ended up in a relationship or even had children with, um, they were on lesser lesser social statuses. And what I mean by that, it was typically men that they had to take care of. So it was like they were having another child. Um, Most of the men may have been incarcerated. Uh, Most of the men may have not as much education. Most of the men weren't obviously making as much money as them. Um, And I don't want to discriminate against men that don't make that much money, um, that are not, you know, that may have a criminal background or so on and so forth. But I don't want to discriminate against that. However, I've noticed that our black women are overachieving and really, really kind of superseding like our men in the community, and it's tough. And I feel like a lot of women are kind of accepting um, men and in situations that are making less than them or may not be on the same level as them, and that can be difficult um, in a relationship. One thing that I've noticed also is that a lot of women choose those type of relationships and including myself, I identified with the fact that um, I unconsciously was looking, not looking, but would connect or desire a relationship in which I felt like I was in control. And that leaves no room for vulnerability. And what I mean by this is people will tend to gravitate to relationships with a man that is has less than or a friendship that, with a person that has less than where a person becomes kind of dependent on them to where that other individual or the person that initiated a relationship feels like they can control that situation because it's like, oh, well, where are you going to go? Because you're not going to find better than me because I do so much for you or I provide for so much for you. So it's kind of a sense of like you they create this dependency within that relationship and it's unhealthy. I've seen, you know, women driving their, you know, cars, Mercedes Benz, Beamers, with the man sitting on the passenger side, you know, kind of, I feel like it's a way of enabling him. And some men are content in that situation with riding um, in the passenger seat. And not taking the driver's seat in relationships, and and that's fine. However, I feel like some women are fine with taking on the role as of becoming a man's mom instead of um, being a partner in this whole relationship. And so I have fell victim to that with my healing and nurturing nature, finding men that I wanted to help build up instead of finding a man that was already built and worked with him. Um... I honestly have learned that you can't raise a man, Uh, that was his parents' job, and when it comes to a man's evolution, even though I do believe that women can contribute positively in a man's life, if he is not ready, and in that divine timing where he is ready to make that change for himself, um, any change that we do as human beings, I truly believe that if we do it for others, it's only going to be temporary. And as a man, I do believe that women can positively inspire a man to um, change and become a better man, but he has to want to do so for himself. And I see a lot of a, like drug abuse, alcohol abuse within our community, um, our men don't know how to cope. They are not learning how to deal with their emotions. No one has taught them. And with the men that had no father in their lives to lead them and teach them ways and how to be a man, manage your anger, and how to um, go about life as a man, uh, a lot of men are lost and there is not a lot of support system for them. There's not a lot of resources. And we do have that hindrance when it comes to seeking counseling um, and seeking, you know, help. So my first experience, obviously, and I truly believe that a woman's first experience with a man and a man, the first man that teaches a woman how to be treated by a man is her father. And my experience with my father was we had a very close relationship. However, um, I saw my father's brokenness through the decisions that he made and that was with Having multiple children with multiple women, um, getting caught in drug abuse, getting caught into just really self-destructive behaviors because he did not have that self-love and he did not have his confidence. My dad, from what I know, never knew his father, never got to meet him and was raised by his mother. And um, so... He dealt with a lot of issues growing up with the fact of not knowing who he was truly as a man. And a lot of times men tend to or are taught the more women that you have or the more um, respect that you have in the community because of your sports or whatever it is that you engage in, that's what makes you a man. And to be honest with you, as I've grown into a woman, I think what makes a man a man um Genuinely, how he carries himself, how he manages himself, and how he channels his emotions and his contributions to the community and to other young men and his job as a role model to other young men in the community. So, basically, I wrote this because I struggled with relationships with black men. There was a lot of trauma on both our ends so here I was coming from a broken version of love going out into the dating scene trying to find a a black man that black love to build that foundation of family and I met up with someone and always met with someone who had this broken form of love or did not do the healing that was required and did not love themselves enough to love me um I watched something yesterday, I forgot exactly what it was, I think it, maybe it was a podcast I was listening to or something, and uh, the person had said, we expect people to love us more than we love ourselves, um, actually it was the Red Table, um, such a good Facebook show um, with Jada Pinkett, and she was actually interviewing August Alsina, and he was going downhill with some very destructive behaviors. Um, it was, you know, abusing pills and drinking, um, to the point where he passed out at one of his concerts. And now that I see him today, when he's been on this path of healing and relieving himself and releasing himself from the addictive behaviors and trying to channel himself into who he originally, um, his core being, he is such a beautiful soul. I see the glow up. I see Um, The change in his uh, body, I mean, he had lost so much weight. He was very frail. Um, Now he looks so full of life. Um, And he has such, you know, a different look on life and has so many different resources that he has been utilizing, um, such as like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett and um, a couple of gospel singers as well. Now that he's looking to them as a mentor to guide him on this journey of having a clean life and really tapping into his core being. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And it's really interesting because it doesn't matter if you know, our men get out the hood or if they get out the community and finally become successful, if they have not learned to deal with their behaviors that they've learned generationally from family, they are going to carry that in regardless of what, how much success they achieve. Here's uh, August Alsina, who is, uh, you know, a R&B singer who's very successful. Um, There's Tory Lanez, there's Chris Brown all of these men had struggled with destructive self-destructive behaviors where you know it was falling into their careers and potentially was damaging could be to be to the point where they could have lost their careers and so money doesn't change anything and success doesn't change anything and and it all begins with healing and the choices that we make And um, to make the choice to change your life and want to do something different outside of what you were taught is truly amazing. And uh, August Alsina is such an inspiration to see and is such a um, role model to young men of our community of the importance that you are truly killing yourself with these self-destructive behaviors. And um, there's so much life after learning about yourself and not being dependent on certain things and tapping into your core um, being and really, truly learning to understand who you are as an individual and your contribution to this world. Um, So I know from my experience, like I said, it was like I had to understand At one point that I was who I was attracting. So even if I had attracted, you know, certain situations or certain relationships, there was a lesson behind me attracting that person and that my insecurities and my healing um, required me to, to do some more work. I had more work to do because these were the type of men that I was attracting. And to be honest with you, I've been on kind of like this hiatus of like stepping back from the dating scene because um, for one, I am in fear of making the same mistakes that I've made in the past. And because whoever comes into my life, um, it is critical for me to be mindful because I'm not only dating for myself, I'm also dating for my son. And what I mean by that is, is that the person that comes into my life is going to be around my child and it's important for them to be a role model, not his father, but a role model to my son in reference to being a strong male and a man. Um, so I have to be very selective and I want to go out and meet new people and start dating, but there's that, uh there's that fear and i i definitely want to release it and i i do believe that there is someone out there obviously for me um i have been single for 4 years and i've heard all types of things from people who of course have something to say about you being single for so long um but this time was needed I've been in long term relationships. I've been in relationships since I was eighteen and I've invested so much into those relationships and really um never took the time to pour into myself. And even though I'm not in a relationship to rush I'm I'm not in a rush to rush rush to get into a relationship. Um I am really looking forward to meeting someone that I can have that spiritual partnership with, that I can grow and flourish, and that that person can plant seeds within my son as well to be the best man that he can be. And my dream, obviously, is to find a man of color, um, a strong man that builds that foundation and like as I said, I have nothing against interracial relationships. I am open to dating men of all color. However, um, there's just such a beauty in the Black family. And I felt compelled to write this because I was at one point giving up on uh, Black men because I seen that they were struggling. And I tried to save them for or save the ones that I came across for um, so many years and I ended up drowning myself. Um, so it's so key, um, in the dating world to kind of understand a person's past, to understand their upbringing, because it really tells a lot about them. And it talks about what they, it doesn't tell a lot of, it tells a lot about them, but it, um, does not define them and it's important for you to take the time to get to know the person because you need to know where they are in their healing process and we all all come into relationships with baggage um so that's where i'm at and i had to talk about it because it was really frustrating for me to see how far black women were coming and how we were overachieving and really doing so much and it seems like our black men were falling behind. And the ones that weren't falling behind didn't seem interested or even have respect for us anymore. Um, so it's a very sad thing to see. And um, I'm not giving up on love. I have my days where I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I am giving up on love. I'm so done with it. Um, but love hasn't given up on me yet. And so I just can't give up. And so not only did I write, uh, dear black men, but there was also a chapter that I wanted to touch base with, um, which was restaurant. And the reason why I brought this one up as well is because it's kind of, uh, well, it was a result of me actually dating a man that I had met and, um, I actually started to fall for him and I still have feelings for him. Um, he is extremely intelligent um he's just really a nice guy it was a different experience than what I was used to um very independent uh no drama very uh confident and well spoken there was just something about him that really just spoke to parts of my soul that I just was like so intrigued and I was just really got caught up let's just put it that way um and the thing was is that he had a lot of the qualities that I had wrote down on my list and yes I did do the list of what I wanted and desired in a man and he had a lot of those qualities he was missing a few um, I wanted the man to at least be able to cook a meal. He, he does not want to cook absolutely nothing. He's like, cooking is not my thing. That's not it. I just wanted a guy to at least be able to cook me scrambled eggs one day out the weekend or something just to switch things up. And I have no problem being in the kitchen. I have no problem cleaning. I'm very domesticated. Um, So it wasn't a big deal, but um, that was one of the things. And also, I feel like emotionally with him, Um, There's this level of disconnect and I am a very hard on my sleeve, very open person. I love to tell someone how I feel about them because I feel like it's so important because I know the value of today and I want to know, I want people to know how I feel about them um, because God forbid if something happened to me, I really want them to know and not have to wait till, you know, the last minute. Um, I'm very in the moment person, and like I said, I've experienced death so much, and um, that traumatic events can happen at any time, and it hurts me to keep things inside. So I'm very expressive of how I feel about him, and I have went about that and and discussed that with him. And this person, however, I feel is still testing their waters, still getting to learn themselves, and really is on the dating scene and is looking for something. And I don't know exactly what that something is yet. But however, I have decided that I need someone who is a friend and I first. And the reason why this foundation is really important to me because Friendships, to me, establish something outside of the love aspect or the romance. Because I feel like with a friendship, that person is going to be committed to helping to build, um, uh, you know, helping to build um, just uh, open communication, um, someone that can help. You help remind yourself of when you don't love yourself anymore or when things are going bad. I needed that friendship and I noticed that in my marriage, love came and went and I could honestly say maybe that was because the person that I was in a relationship with, it was not unconditional love, but more of a conditioned love or love with conditions. And so I am looking to build that friendship. And so anyways, uh, the communication was um, a little off between me and this person. This person lives far away, not too far, but um, a couple of hours away. Uh, The communication wasn't there. I did not feel a sense of security with this person. And even though we weren't in a relationship, we were getting to know each other. I felt as though that I was a, a choice. Uh, Not someone's priority. And I've learned a lot from this person. Um, I've learned a lot from my experience with dating. And again, um, sometimes we tend to choose the same people but in different bodies. And I'm not saying that this person reminded me of, you know, my past relationships, but um, as women, again, the dating scene is a reflection of where we are. And so I had wrote this chapter, Restaurant, because I felt like I, I asked the universe for this person, but I wasn't really specific as to what I needed and required from this person. And so um, even though that this person is sent to you, it doesn't always mean that that person is the one. Um, We all are looking for the one and I decided to myself that I am the one. However, I'm looking for someone to compliment me and to also come into uh, my situation or our relationship whole. And so restaurant was a reminder to me about me being specific and asking for what I want in a relationship and asking for what I want in the beginning of the relationship, not going or in the you know, acquaintances or getting to know each other aspect of uh, dating, because I feel like we wait until someone does something that's a no-go for us. And then sometimes it's kind of too late for that. So I'm going to go into the chapter and I am going to go into an interview with my girlfriend who is a soul sister to me named Salima, who is absolutely amazing. Um, We have great conversation um, and I figured I would share with you um, our our traditional conversations on the phone, and us being these single um, women that are dream cre- d- dream chasers, um, goal driven women who really are not actively looking for love, but are in the process of becoming whole within ourselves and and tapping into our self-love and looking for companionship and we are in different places i'm divorced i'm not interested in looking into marriage as of right now however i'm open to potentially whatever may happen in the future and she has never been married yet and she does not have any children so we are in different spaces and we have different wants and needs and we have different expectations. So I wanted to share this interview or this conversation between the both of us um to get some clarity and perspective about our experiences with black men, our experiences on the dating scene and things that we see and things that we see that us as women can do to make the dating scene better or um to promote certain things within our community so that we can influence the black men to become better. So I'm going to go into the restaurant chapter, and then I will go into the interview with Salima. Restaurant. Yesterday and today was another fight with the old me and the woman I am becoming. I recently connected with an old guy friend who I look forward to hanging out with on my next business trip. I cut him off very briefly after inquiring, what are we? around my birthday last year. My intuition had been kicking my ass for a few times per usual, but I still refused to trust myself. After a few chats with the spiritual family and some thorough thinking, I decided it would be best for me to not reignite that flame. You would have thought I would have learned my lesson by now, but at least I am aware. As I have stated in previous posts, healing is easy when done alone, but only through socializing will you realize how far you come. It is true that if you want to see how something ends, pay close attention to how it began. I didn't realize it, but my insecurities were written all over me. Also, being a single mother, boys playing to be men tend to flock towards us. Single mothers never really have the desire to take on the occupation of raising their child primarily alone. I'm sure 99.9% of women would have denied that sign-up. However, our desire for family and nurturing traits make us susceptible to attracting man boys. They identify our immediate desire for family and lack of time for bullshit. So that means many of us are the all or nothing type. Sometimes our judgment becomes clouded because someone is finally just showing up. So what the hell does a restaurant have to do with this? My spiritual family constantly reminds me of the law of attraction. I think it is amazing that I'm on this evolutionary journey, but I get tired of overthinking and being so hard on myself. They reminded me that life is like a trip to a restaurant. In that restaurant, I can open this menu of unlimited desires and ask for exactly what my heart wants. Unfortunately, I'm still the girl who was asked, what would you like to eat and respond with, whatever, or what do you plan on getting? only to end up pissed off and unsatisfied with what I am served and refuse to ask for something else. My dating life has been like a restaurant trip. My first love taught me all the things I wanted and did not want. My marriage was a relationship that shot most of my desire rockets. Even when others treat us wrong, they teach us exactly what it is that we do want. After my marriage and my half-ass healing, I went to the restaurant and ordered again and again. I'm not a fan of red meat, but like to enjoy a good piece of steak every now and then. I ordered steak every time at this restaurant because I had a taste for one. Each time I ordered, there would be something wrong to the point I did not want to eat it. First time it was rare, second time medium rare, third time overcooked, and they all were exactly what I ordered, steak. I never told the universe how I wanted it. There was times when the plate was nicely dressed and the food presentation was desirable. The taste, however, was not to my liking. Just recently in my personal life, had I finally had the guts to ask the waiter to take back my order. I mean, I had all these weird ideas of what would happen or what they would do because I gave them more work. I would spend my hard-earned money and just accept things that were given to me. Not what I ordered or wanted. There's this fear of letting go of the what is given to you. I was told to appreciate whatever is given to you, but what if it's not what you've asked for? I feared that if I didn't entertain him, that I would miss out on the possibilities of what he could be. He was good on paper and good in bed. I can say that truly clouded my judgment, but is 15 minutes worth a year of growth and development? Temptations got the best of me. I can't teach women about self-love and be a contradiction to it myself. So instead of the steak, I decided to say fuck it and go vegan. If I want something different, I have to try something different. Be aware that just because you have evolved doesn't mean that you will not continuously be tested. I have yet to learn to instinctively trust myself. With that information, how can I learn to trust someone else? We can't ask for others to provide to us the very things we are incapable of providing to ourselves. My next visit to the restaurant, I'm going to order something that is market-priced, something that I feel I am unworthy of obtaining. In the meantime, my job is to continue working on me, learning to not accept what is served to me unless it's exactly what I ordered off the menu of life. The great thing about life is that every day is another opportunity to become your best self and to make another choice if the original choice isn't working for you. Excuse me, waiter. I need to make another selection. Hello. Hello. Hi, so what I would like to do to start off this interview is what I would like for you to do is to introduce yourself um tell us a little about yourself and I'll let the listeners know just to start off that um about almost a year ago I think um we actually met each other it's almost been a year yay (laughs) um and the first time that I met her I was actually like I believe at an Afropolitan event where I went alone right after work sitting by myself had a really good seat i seen this gorgeous woman walk in the building um she was by herself i denied a couple of people a seat but uh something about her or something about her just her presence um i really would like to get to know more about her or was willing enough to even allow her to come sit with me that day and ever since that day we have became pretty good friends mm-hmm. and i feel like as women um One thing that I've noticed is that we tend to hold on friends from our past and not allow new friends in. Know what we're kind of denying ourselves of because um, I really feel like you came in at the right time. Um, I was inspired because, first of all, she looks amazing for her age.
1: (laughs) Excuse (laughs) me!
0: (laughs) And... I just think that, um, no, but I really do think that we pride ourselves on friendships that are long-term and sometimes they're not serving us anymore. And I've lost a good, uh, you know, a few friends along the way and on the journey that I've been in and for me to, um, come to Philadelphia and meet you, um, I can honestly say has been a pleasure. And so I would love to introduce, um, I can honestly call her like my soul sister, um, and so go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay.
1: I, my name is Salima and I am a working professional and I'm also an entrepreneur. So I have a real estate investing business uh, in the early stages of uh, developing, developing property. Um, I am young um, no I don't can know. you at least share your
0: age and no. okay all right if she doesn't want to do the age <laughs> you
1: have to share your actual relationship status I am in love with myself yes yes <laughs> I love it I love it.
0: <laughs> it 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 that is considered the evolution an evolutionary version of the single woman. She's, <laughs> she's not just single; she is whole. Yes,
1: <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, working very hard to get closer and closer to as much and at least.
0: So I wanted to talk to Selima because we have some really great conversations when it comes to relationships, and there's a lot of viewpoints that we both agree on and disagree um in relation to relationships and the dating scene nowadays um so one of the chapters that obviously that I made as the topic today was my letter to black men and I had a few questions for Salima and I just wanted uh to get her perspective on them so uh Salima what is your experience with dating black men and I want you to be brutally honest
1: um hmm. I think every experience is somewhat different I don't know that I feel comfortable making any blanket statements because I know people get really offended by that and it they get defensive and then they kind of lose the message So, what I feel comfortable saying is that each experience has been different, and I can look back on each experience and understand why it happened when it happened. I definitely can agree, yes. Um, I could say something like uh you know uh, there's been issues in terms of like emotional connection or uh emotional availability or all those kind of like fancy psychological terms but I I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying that because I've not been emotionally available either that I can agree as well So, I I think that I've. um, I'm sorry, I mean, to cut you off, but um, especially early on, you know, in my younger years, I did not uh, have any experience with connecting and having like a deep relationship. And I, I didn't even know what that was. So, I think I had relationships that kind of mimicked that. And I've also, you know, myself kind of, like, held back a lot. So my my experiences have been different and kind of unique, I think.
0: So, um... The, the art. So basically, that short story or that chapter talks about my relationship with my father. Now we have talked about it. I have a pretty interesting relationship. I haven't spoke to him, and ever since my son has been born, actually since London's been born, so that's about almost seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had a very disconnected relationship. I did most of my teen years. He raised me. I spent a lot of time with him. However, we really got disconnected when I got into a relationship with my ex-husband because he was a reflection of who he was, um, years ago. And, um, a guy that I was talking to recently had mentioned to me about the importance of me rekindling that relationship or touching base with my father because he felt like I could never have a healthy relationship without that father daughter relationship in some terms I do agree but however I've kind of forgave the relationship and I don't have any expectations and I feel as though that I sometimes can love people from a distance but in your case what was your relationship
1: like with your dad um I can, I can definitely tell you my relationship with my dad. I just want to touch on something that this person told you that I disagree with, which is that until you have a relationship with your dad, you can't have a relationship with somebody else. And I understand the sentiment behind that, but that is incorrect because sometimes you don't have the ability. If you had an abandonment issue, a father who, who wasn't around and that person has since passed away, are you doomed to forever have terrible relationships because you couldn't or didn't? have one with your father so I feel like when you have that kind of trauma early on it's more accurate to say that you may not be able to have or will not be able to have a successful deep connection with someone else until you heal that whether you actually are in communication with that person or not right Uh, I I just felt compelled to kind of make that clarification but in terms of I didn't have a dad growing up. I had uh, a father who was absent, so he, you know, kind of popped in and out. Early early on, he was there. I remember visiting him, staying with him, him really taking care of us uh, up until probably about, I want to say, four or five, maybe earlier than that. I'm not completely sure. And then all of a sudden, boom, gone. Disappeared, no explanation just gone so I, I know that that trauma was always there and that's why I refused to connect with men deeply I, I just refused to do it I, I had situations uh, you know relationships where, where guys were always tr- you know trying to get close and trying to connect with me and it, it just wasn't going to happen so that that was my experience growing up we've since I I know I held on to that for a long time but you know I started to get older and I started to feel like I wanted something more out of relationships and I understood that there was some disconnect based on I didn't necessarily know why you know what it was based on but I knew that there was a disconnect and that I wanted something more so I started to seek answers and that led me to counseling and different things to be able to un- uncover what was taking place. and I started the healing process. and once going through that, I did forgive my uh, you know father for what I was holding against him. And uh, forgiving myself, too, for, for judging that. And I can honestly say that I don't hold that against him. I won't say that I'm perfect, but I don't hold it against him in the sense that I did growing up. So right after letting mm-hmm. that goal, I can actually have a conversation with him and I do talk to him at this moment in time. I do. I, I have a relationship with him that is comfortable for me. It's not based on fear and it's not based on what he dictates or what he wants or what anybody else thinks it should be. It's based on what I can handle and I stick to that and I'm proud of that.
0: Um, and I know we talked about this actually at dinner today. Um, I was telling you like with my father, there is six of us and pretty much we all have different mothers. And um, I know in the black community this is something that is very prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, What was your experience in relation to that and your siblings and that type of relationship with the black man and your dad um, having multiple children?
1: So with my dad, he did have multiple children. He had me and my little sister with my mom. And he does have other children outside of her. And I don't know all of them. I was kind of kept close to my mom and to her side, so I'm not sure of all my siblings on his side.
0: What do you think is, like, the reasoning for that? Why do you think that's a big thing within our community?
1: Well... I think that the idea sort of comes from slavery, and during slavery times, we weren't allowed to have dominion over ourselves and our decisions. Those things were dictated, uh, uh, and those decisions were made for us. And I. Uh, the you know baby mill and all that it was for free labor force so women uh were forced to have a lot of children and men were forced to have to make a lot of children and weren't allowed to kind of stay and raise them and things like that so I think that that's where it sort of comes from but the uh, deeper than that is just the destruction of the black family which happened I would say around the 70s around the crack era where there seemingly was or not even seemingly there was or is an uh, an attack on the black family structure because as we know that is the power base the family mm-hmm. so that's where it comes from there probably some, you know, may or may not be some other factors I mean I'm not a historian or anything but just a common sense person and you know having lived uh, long enough to, to, to receive a compliment looking good for my age <laughs> which <laughs> I resent cut which it I resent. out <laughs> um, cut it out I, I, I can kind of make that observation that that's where the idea come, that that's where it comes from and it's just irresponsibility. And it's a it's a family pathology, as Iamla would say, where it's something that you observe. And people don't always take uh, account for their actions, and they just kind of keep repeating and repeating what they've seen. So I think that that's where it comes from.
0: I know, well, I, and this is not every man, and I want... You know the listeners to really understand this and when I say community it's it. I try not to say it overall you know like this is what's going on but um it's something that happens very frequently or things that we see very frequently and for me what I have come across is is that sex was a sense of coping for our men mm-hmm. and um what I'm getting now is that a lot of men are utilizing sex as a form of, um, kind of regaining power or kind of like emotionally, like disposing themselves into the black women. And I I really felt like we were kind of like absorbing, um, whatever baggage or whatever anger whatever was they needed to dispose of whatever type of energy and they dispose of that and within the women Mm. and I do feel like black men struggle because to be honest with you men alone don't have as much resources as women do Mm. um they do have a voice but black men um they really do struggle in society so I Mm. do get it Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah yeah so I just wanted to know your perspective on like why do you think that that's something that's potentially prominent and of course I definitely do agree with the um slavery as the beginning process of that but we were talking about this earlier what do you think what are ways in which that we can possibly change that as women or that how we can contribute to making changes within our community to kind of stop those type of things
1: well I think what women can do is make better decisions about who we choose to procreate with. Just because you like somebody or somebody's cute or whatever the case may be, doesn't mean you have to have a child with them. Correct. I think that we really need. Amen. Yes, <laughs> really need to, um, you know, understand that fun comes with responsibility. And you just can't go around thinking something as serious as creating a human life uh, is is happenstance. It really is a serious thing when you're taking on reproducing. So I think as women, we could heal ourselves and be a little bit more in touch with who we really are so that we make better decisions about who we procreate with. And at least at the very least you could try to do things. I mean, obviously, you know, you never know how things are going to turn out, but you could at least try to make a good decision to have a family structure the first time around. Right.
0: I agree. I definitely agree.
1: So just having so having a little bit more respect for the process I won't say respect for yourself because people like to get defensive when you, you know, they think you call them names. But have a little bit more respect for the whole process of procreating and having a family. And just aiming a little bit higher, thinking a little bit higher of yourself and, and you know, who you're, you're choosing to connect with in that way. And I think that overall, if we start to do that, start, start also having respect for relationships as well. As opposed to, you know, double dipping and having a man that has a woman and all these extra things, all these sort of negative, low vibratory things that we engage in. Mm -hmm. I think that that will be a great start.
0: And um, so I just wanted to let the listeners know we have touched on this during dinner as well about uh, not only being accountable for ourselves, but also knowing that we are kind of setting the tone for the next relationship so Mm -hmm. when we as women have expectations or we set these boundaries within relationships with men or expectations from them um we are setting the tone for other women and so as a community of women Mm -hmm. if we want to see a change in our men we are the influencers Mm -hmm. um and so we were talking about that and it's important so one example i had brought up to uh salima was about say if you're dating someone who has a child and he was being disrespectful to the child's mother on the phone let them know, what was your response in regards to that? Like, how should women handle situations like that? Or, you know, is that acceptable?
1: It's absolutely egregious and completely unacceptable. And I think women stupidly, I will, I will judge a little. I think women <laughs> stupidly get into their minds. Some women stupidly allow themselves to believe that they're special. And you're not special, and you don't you don't stand up against the character flaw. So if there's a man who's being disrespectful toward the woman who brought his child into the world, or to a previous girlfriend, or to his mother or sister or whoever, uh, sort of to quote unquote uphold you, that's a falsehood, and you're next i can't remember Mm. the exact comment but i know you so so yeah you're not it you're next (laughs) so it was the
0: no so it was the we were talking about the the status of being chosen
1: oh right so they'll say like oh yeah you know i cheated on her and i beat her but that was her i'm gonna be good to you right Right. right okay
0: right exactly and so women have this sense of like oh I was chosen he's going to be different for me and yeah. we need to realize that yes. his, his, his his the way he reflects his anger towards the woman that brought his child into this world um, you can only imagine what he would do if he, he was angry with you and um, that's a huge thing okay so I could talk about this have you ever asked a man how does he channel his anger or manage his anger when you're on the dating scene?
1: You know, that's a very interesting question. And I never thought to ask anyone that. I never did. But that is one of my questions. That is one of the things that is important to me. And I remember we talked about someone that I met recently. And I was telling you how I have been lucky in the sense that whatever it is about me, men do spill the beans. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody's always honest. No. But but they talk. They mm-hmm. talk if you let them. And I listen. I, I genuinely listen. I know I love to talk too, but I listen and so I, my experience was this guy telling me his whole life story and how his you know, he was abandoned by his mother and he was abandoned by his father. And he was raised by a grandmother who had like 20 other people in her home and he had to leave or ended up leaving at 12. Well, I mean, it was just, it was horrendous and scary. And I asked him, what have you done to remedy that the yourself? Like, what have you done? Have you gone to them? I don't believe he says, I, I don't believe in therapy. Now, I didn't need to get into a relationship with that mess to realize that it wasn't going to work. I mean, as soon as he said, I don't believe in therapy, that was it for me. And he also was in denial by stating that not only does he not need therapy, but also stating that therapy doesn't work and that that was not trauma. So he was just just not where i would need a person i'm going to spend time with to be and so i i let that go uh, uh you know no questions let that go but when that is an important question to ask and i i do ask that because if a person is either not aware that they need a way to expel negative energy or uh uh, work through trauma if they're not aware of that it's going to come out some way
0: right right
1: so rather they know how to do it in a healthy way to where they're not inflicting pain on someone else or themselves um it's going to come out
0: So why do you think that our community
1: is reluctant, like Black people?
0: A lot of Black people are still reluctant to seek out counseling. Why do you think that's so?
1: Because we've not been able to trust anything that's been given to us or afflicted upon us in this country. Mm -hmm. And therapy is one of those things that is stigmatized as coming from white people are european people however way i don't know the correct caucasian people yeah uh coming from america whatever you want to call it and i think that it's a distrust sort of thing and i understand it completely that's something that's very serious and very delicate to have to entrust your innermost thoughts and feelings to another person In my mind, that's kind of where it comes from. But you can find someone that you do trust and you can find someone that you feel comfortable with, you know, culturally. And if you don't feel comfortable with traditional therapy, there are other ways to seek counsel. So I don't know if it's that some people are ignorant to that. Or, you know, they're just afraid of it and they're not willing to challenge that fear. But there are lots of ways that you can be in be in counseling or seek counsel. You can have a spiritual counselor or a spiritual advisor. I'm not just talking about the Christian church because everybody's like, oh, let me go talk to Jesus. Um, right. I mean, a spiritual counselor where you can literally sit and communicate with elders who can give you advice and help you to understand your experiences. You can go to a traditional therapist. You can sit and talk to Jesus. I, I mean, I, 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 I sort of mean that um, I'm only half serious when I say that. But I mean... Uh, the christian church you know uh what are they called a preacher or whatever like that you can go and sit with a priest you know somebody that you can trust that can give you legitimate advice that you can employ so that you grow and make better decisions and better choices however you get you get that you need to have someone with more experience than you
0: well, to you said a key to, term, the employee, because I think with the Christian church, what I've got and, and why I kind of steered away from it just a little bit, um, I do still, um, I'm still very Christ- Christian based
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because that was what I was brought up as, but, um, and I still follow the Bible, and I think a lot of the stories are very relative and meaningful. Um, however, I really feel like the Christian church doesn't teach much about accountability and, and us holding our end of the stick and
1: not just giving it to Jesus right that's a, that's a big important uh, thing that you mentioned there because at the end of the day it's all about accountability and um, taking responsibility so that you can make another choice if it's always up to someone else you don't ever get a chance to to see what you're made of You can just kind of do whatever and just put it out there and, oh, you know, I'll, I'll pray it away. No, there is... You do have responsibility for yourself and your actions. And that's why I like other forms of therapy as opposed to just religious. Because at the end of the day, I want to take responsibility for myself and my actions and my own growth. Right.
0: So, um... I'm not going to go too much in depth about it, but I do want the listeners to know how the universe works very interestingly. Um, Salima and I had, I gave her a ride home that evening and um, we were talking and I had explained to her some spiritual people that I had worked with and we came to find out that we were working with uh, the same individuals. how ironic. I'm a girl that moved here four years ago from Massachusetts to the Pennsylvania area and I'm not even in the Philadelphia area. And uh, Salima, you know, lives in the Philadelphia area. And for us to even be able to connect with working with the same people and then be um, or be acquainted at an event such as that one was really kind of like mind-blowing for me.
1: Yeah, and strangely enough, I wanted also... Uh, you know, add to that by saying the way that I even met those uh, those people that we see, uh, it was weird, you know, for lack of a better word, how I met them, which was saying to myself, okay, something's wrong. I, I, I want I want something different. I want something deeper. I want something more. I'm tired of how things are going. I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know how, who. I just knew that I needed something different. Something was missing, something was wrong. That's all I knew. And that's all I was thinking about. And someone on Facebook ended up sending me a message about mentoring young girls or uh, sharing my experiences with young girls, teenagers, with, you know, relationships or, or, you know, whatever and just got this inbox message out of the blue. Me and the woman, to even make it even more spooky, the woman who sent me the inbox, I was not friends with her on Facebook. I don't know how she found, well, I do know how she found me, but you know, just to say, I don't know how she found me, but she found me and she didn't even remember how. She said it was some uh, suggestion from someone else that she couldn't even uh, put her finger on. But she emailed, she messaged me on Facebook. She told me about this forum that she was having where uh, older women can meet with younger women. Now, I was, this was a few years ago. So I was like, uh, oh, oh, you almost got me. (laughs) I was waiting for it. You almost got me. So this was a few years ago. And I'm not (laughs) that old. You know, I'm not that old, but uh, she had women in different phases. So she had t- women in their uh, teenagers and then the women in their 20s, 30s and so on and so forth to kind of mentor or give advice to these young women. So anyway, the first, uh, either the first or second installment that she had of these get togethers, uh, the spiritual advisors that me and you see was at this event and I was just looking around at everybody I was a little bit confused about the setup and I was just kind of like how's this work is this you know is this right for me am I able to really provide any help to these girls you know uh just seeing how it was going and I took note of them I don't know what it was it just uh, something about them stood out and I was like hmm You know, and that's how I ended up being connected with them. So it wasn't even anything that I was directly uh, given. I just kind of stumbled on them.
0: So my
1: experience
0: with meeting them or how I was introduced to them was I was actually vending. I just started my first business, Femme Forte de Couleur, which means strong women of color and um i was vending uh gemstone bracelets bags in philadelphia area i absolutely loved it i was just getting like kind of like my feet wet <clears throat> and being like experienced in like the Philadelphia culture and I came across a couple of women uh one by the name of Jojo who hopefully will be featured on one of the podcasts later on and uh she saw my bag and she absolutely fell in love with it she entered a raffle and then she actually won it so um she was just so happy we were just talking about all types of stuff. We exchanged numbers and she was just enthused about the movement that I was trying to create. Mm -hmm. And, but there was that contradiction to the Femme Forte because I just went through, um, actually during that time, I was divorced. I was separated from my husband at the time for years, but we were starting to talk to each other. And then he was physically abusive to me in my home and i knew that i had to do something because i was becoming that contradiction to what i was standing for Mm -hmm. so she had brought me to them and after i went i vended at the event i wanted to talk to somebody that day that's how mandatory it was um It was urgent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was important. It was important. (laughs) And so um, it was urgent for me to go talk to them. So I went that same day and, um, you know, I sat with them. I felt a sense of relief. Um, I felt like I could let my guard down even though they tend to tell me that I still am on edge sometimes and I have that very defensive wall mode, but they gave me the permission to be just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, but they reminded me of my own internal power and I am forever grateful for them because of that. Um, And not only that, but they reminded me of my purpose and it's tough when we are called to do things and we feel like we need to remain in our old ways or we're in fear of disconnecting from our comfort levels. So I had to be reminded like you have a greater purpose like you did today Mm -hmm. and that I need to let that go. Mm -hmm. And I did. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a great experience. So I know we're getting a little bit off, but, um, so, healing. So, healing for you. What is your self-care routines and what are you doing to be this whole woman on this dating scene looking for our Nigerian
1: prince? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't do much in terms of seeking a relationship. But mm-hmm. for self-care i i do a lot of things i do my nails i keep my nails and you know hair done and you know um, my perfumes which i am i'm so in love with my fragrances oh my goodness my latest purchase i just gotta tell you i got the dior uh it smells like a dream so i really love you know good smells and nice you know beautiful things looking around um so that's some of the things that I kind of do on a consistent basis. I also write. Um, I don't write as often as I would like to, but I do write. I'm reading more, so I have. I don't even have a TV, as you know. You know, my right? Just it's just my books, my bookshelves. Um, so that's what's the entertainment in my in my living room. But I get distracted sometimes I watch something on the iPad or something like that but starting to read more I just got another book today and even when I'm dead tired I tried decided to take the advice that I give my niece who's 14 which is even if you read one page one word is more than nothing so I've taken that advice I'm dead tired I'll still read a page or something before I go to sleep Uh, I love love cleanliness even though I'm not always neat I love <laughs> cleanliness so as far as my body is impeccably clean I've showered two three times sometimes so those are some of the things that I do to make myself feel good as far as the dating scene yes <laughs> I, I don't really I mean I honestly don't I, I don't feel like I seek ways to meet guys I just you know I mean I might try different things like some people say oh try an, on- uh, an online thing or try an app or something. and I'll do it but I, I, I don't really feel like I do a whole lot I know that I could do a little bit more but when I come across guys it's just chill to me I'll meet somebody I'll talk to them more like a friend try to be friendly and not really so serious see who they are and see what they're about I mean I know that I'm not perfect but that's generally my approach there are certain you know obviously there are signs and things that might pop up that makes me say oh no gotta get rid of you and you know as you know I don't have any trouble letting people go (laughs) I don't have no trouble at all I will let you go and keep it moving I'm the I saw this thing it says I'm the best ex ever you will never hear from me again (laughs) so I I definitely don't have any issue with that but I like it to be fun I want to know who you are know what you're about where you're headed because you know I'm not following nobody to hell so I want to know where you're going (laughs) (laughs) who you are what you're doing that's how you know that's how it is I have noticed that with this so-called you know technical age or whatever you want to call it where guys aren't necessarily aggressive and they're not going after women and they you know it's they're either getting used to or expecting women to go after them I don't subscribe to that that's not going to (laughs) happen I'm not going to do it
0: um, Guys, this I just to put this out there. There this is one of the very things that we always disagree about, but I've learned to respect her ways and what she goes about doing her thing and and we do listen to each other. Mm-hmm. Um she is teaching me something. So what she's basically saying is that well what I get from Salima, Salima's very old school. She definitely believes a man is, is supposed to chase. Me, on the other hand, I I don't know if it's my sense of independence that I've been, like, so by myself for so long. Like, I feel like I should go for what I want. Um, Selim was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let the man chase. Um, so I just feel like I do agree with her in many ways, and I do get torn between that sometimes of knowing what I want and going for it, and then also wanting to have the courting phase of like the dating relationship and having the man actually come um, and chase but I just think that I get so fucking frustrated because the dating's, dating is a
1: game to me and I don't got time for games it's not that it's a game I I just think that you have to be strong and hold out for what you really want Mm -hmm. so if something comes along and it's not what you're looking for bid it adieu (laughs) Yes, you don't have to fight with anybody i think it's rude i think it's disrespectful to take somebody who doesn't have what you want and beat them over the head to, 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 to try and make them something different and that's not fair Well, I think if someone's willing to change or they want to tweak this or that, then fine, it's their choice and let them do it. But to take somebody, you know, who isn't what you want and beat them over the head about changing and being different, it stresses you out and it pisses them off. It's just not fair. So I feel like it could be fun to date and go out. But when... And it is still frustrating, too, because, you know, as women, we have like our biological clock and there's no way to kind of to stop that. You can't erase time. But I feel like it's less stressful if you just kind of have a little fun with it and make a decision that you're not going to make a decision on anything that isn't what you want completely and isn't what you can work with don't compromise yourself. Definitely don't d- compromise your dignity, but try to try to relax and and, die, and not be so hard on yourself. Of course you can get lonely. Of course if you know someone shows up and they seem like they have, you know, what you want, you may, you know, you may go there, but you can make a different decision too. You can change your mind and just right. try to be a little, you know, lighten up a little bit. And I do see how it is very frustrating, you know, sometimes with guys having become accustomed to doing whatever they want and still getting what they want. So I know we touched on earlier about the female community. I do resent women that allow men to run amok because mm-hmm. then they get to me and they think that they can do the same thing. And they quickly learn that they cannot so (laughs) I don't really have an issue there but I feel like if we all had more of like a united front men would you know shape up but you know you, you can't you can't wish that but
0: and we definitely talked about that and then it's like you know we have a handful of women that are expecting certain things when there's like a million women out there right now that it seems like a lot of women have i mean if you just look at you know instagram or anything like right now like um prime example what's his name the guy that's a rapper with the one eye i don't even know his name but he's got multiple baby moms they're all arguing over instagram about him and i don't even know if he could see all of them (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry but it's like you know they're all arguing over him they all are in the same situation though that's the fucked up part about it it's like they all have a child by this man that he has a kid with them he's probably with them for a year and then goes about and does his own thing and keeps it moving and it's like these girls are arguing and you're really in the same position and so it's like we're out here competing against each other when we're all in the same position wanting the very same thing
1: Well, I won't won't say competing because somebody like that don't have a chance with me anyway. So I get what you're saying, but we're not competing because at the end of the day, there's one person that I want to be with and I have it in my mind that that one person knows that I'm the one person that they want to be with. So there's no competition. Very well I stuff. really feel
0: like well I feel like a lot of women are out here competing however when a woman comes into herself mm-hmm. when she is in tune with who she is spiritually mentally physically and emotionally she has no need to compete because she knows that her greatest competition is herself mm-hmm. so um I completely agree with that mm-hmm. and especially when you are so in tune with who you are you um, There is, there really is no need to compete and you know what you have to offer. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of women today though, um, are so quick to offer what they do, who they are, um, and what they have outside of what their actual soul looks like or what their personality is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't in tune with their personalities or their uniqueness. Mm -hmm. That's what distinguishes you the most. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What an um sure. right, right. And so this is why it's so important for us to tap into the self-love and tap into the healing process because when you tap into your uniqueness, your creativeness, and the things that um, make you so different from a group of women, it's not the fact of what you wear, you know, all this other stuff. It's primarily what you're bringing to this world. And um, I feel like a woman, a lot of women are missing that. And we're so focused on having all these different accolades and um, material things. And I really think it's really what identifies us as as our personalities and how we carry ourselves and how in tune we are with ourselves and
1: confidence. That's a big key. Mm -hmm. I agree Um, with that. I I think that there's definitely a lot of responsibility um, as far as that is concerned that women have that they're just not aware of. Mm -hmm. And you kind of uh, buy into this societal idea that there's scarcity and that you need to compromise yourself in order to quote-unquote compete when that's a load of horseshit. Right, right,
0: correct, correct. So... Um, I did want to go into restaurant a little bit about, you know, selecting in our frustration about, um, you know, we're out here choosing things or we're out here in the universe requesting things from the universe. And how do you feel when uh, you're asking the universe or God for certain things and you're getting those things but not exactly how you want them how do you deal with your frustration with that
1: I laugh. <laughs> I laugh hard as hell i laugh so hard and i look up and i say god really really this what we're doing i just did that today i promise you i do i really do think it's funny and then i start to think about whether or not i can deal with what i got or is there some lesson that I'm missing that showed up in the form of what I got?
0: If mm-hmm. That makes
1: any sense. Yeah. So the best way that I can give you an example of that is a recent relationship where this person is, as you know, absolutely amazing. Aw. I'm smiling Aww. just saying that. Oh, what a sweet vibe. He's so sweet. And he really, you know, I've gotten gifts, you know, I've gotten flowers, I've gotten all those things, but it's very different from him. It doesn't feel like he's trying to buy me. It feels genuine. Mm-hmm. And he, what what I love about him, honestly, is I'm very fierce when it comes to protecting my people. I'm, I'm fierce. I want to, I mean, you know, somebody doing something to somebody that I love and care about, or someone who can't take care of themselves. I take it very personally. I, you know, I, I fought, I fought for people, you know, physically and otherwise. So I'm fierce when it comes to that. And I never felt like. I won't say never in some, in a lot of relationships, I haven't felt that, um, from the person I was with, uh, with him, I almost feel sorry for somebody that wouldn't do anything or say anything crazy to me because he's, he's so serious with how he protects me and how he regards me. And I have wanted that. I have not always felt that. So that's one of the things that I really, really love. And there are other things in fundamental areas that will make us not a good match. So I think it's mature of all of us to understand that even when what you really want shows up and it has uh, a lot of great things, it may not be the one. So we are easy for us to say, okay, this person cheated on me or they did something crazy, whatever. So they're not the one, but sometimes it's hard to say, oh, this is still not the one when it, when it actually looks and feels good. And I feel like even though this situation looks and feels good, there are still key areas that make us not a match. And for me to be strong enough to walk away from that, despite the confusion of my friends, (laughs) really makes me feel impressed it makes me feel that I am employing the things that I've learned throughout the healing process that's amazing isn't that so nice it really is you're a mess (laughs) (laughs) but yeah sometimes it feels good and and it's still not right so it's just all about making that decision that's gonna hold yeah, it out for what you want so as far as dealing with the frustration of that yes it is frustrating it is very frustrating but instead of getting pissed off about it like I said I just choose to laugh about it um I have I, I've laughed about it even today sometimes I get sad sometimes I get upset and you know I'll go through the motions go through the motions of whatever emotion I am feeling at the moment but at the end of the day of the day I can't harbor on on that in a negative way I just have to keep moving and knowing that I made the right decision and as far as I'm concerned I'm perfectly okay being with myself so I don't have to accept what shows up if it's not completely what I'm looking for And I think that a lot of people Mm -hmm. settle because they're unwilling to face themselves. And I'm just, I just don't have that issue. And I agree with you.
0: And we talked about that earlier. And for me, from my standpoint, um, with my experience and the the guy I'm interested in, (laughs) I got to laugh, but, um, that situation for me um is primarily once again i have a big thing with when i don't see anything that's tangible Mm -hmm. i have fear of the unknown um and not trusting and having enough faith that god is going Mm -hmm. to provide what i've asked for and uh, foolishly with the life that i've lived i should be well aware seeing as how i lost my son and then have this amazing son now um and just how my life has gone, like everything that I've ever lost, God has replaced mm-hmm. it with more. Um, so why am I doubting that? It's not the fact that I'm doubting it. But again, I guess it's that human trait where um, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. I need to see something now. Um, and when it takes a while, because I have been single for almost four years, actually four years now. And um it's that fear of the unknown and I will get something that looks like it's what I asked for and it's not exactly what I asked for um and I'm always like you said compromising or trying to figure out ways in which how I can work.
1: yes and I will remind you that (laughs) being who you are and the responsibility that you've taken on you don't have the luxury to 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 do to do that. You you have to live the example. All of us do, but you know, especially having taken on the responsibility that you have, uh, it just adds more you know legitimacy and everything to your cause to be able to help others. That you're living, you know what what you're what you're preaching. You're living your creativity. And all of those things match, and you're not super human. You know, superhuman. Well, you are superhuman, but you're not um, uh, infallible. Like, you know, you you can make mistakes, and that's fine. Uh, hopefully, not that mistake. But uh, <laughs> 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 mistakes, <laughs> mistakes are fine. I get it. Um, but it's really just I think about understanding, like you said, that whether or not you get even if you had proof that you weren't going to get exactly what you want it still is not an excuse to settle for something you don't want in my opinion right. I have to add that because some people may disagree with that but uh, for me it's still unfair to, 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 to quote unquote slum it uh, with someone you don't really want Even if you know what you really want isn't coming, which, which obviously we know it is, but I'm just for the sake of argument, if you knew it wasn't coming, it's still unfair to, to, to tie someone up with you, you know, who wants you and you don't want them in the same way. It's unfair. So uh, given that there's really no excuse to be where you don't want to be. Right. And then just
0: knowing that either way it pans out you're gonna be yeah. okay. <laughs> is that simple? I agree.
1: Because not everybody's meant to uh, be married, I guess. Isn't that true? People say not everybody's meant to be right. married. I hope that's not me. But uh you know, not everyone is uh, you know, wants that. Not everybody wants that and then that's fine. It's all about being comfortable with yourself and getting what you want. But everybody wants the same thing. Right. So we are coming up on the hour and to end
0: this, I've been wanting, I've been asking a lot of the women in the series that I've been interviewing this one very specific question. And the reason why I asked this question and I'm identifying with the reason why I ask it and I know a lot of places or people interview and they do ask this question, but the reason why I chose to ask it is because I really want women to really see how far that they've come. And I think that we tend to forget that. So I want to ask Salima, what would you tell the Salima that was 18 years old? What would what message would you give her at the woman that you are? Oh, today? that's
1: a beautiful question. Two words. Not him. <laughs> 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 or one word. Stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> advice that I would give 18 year old Salima is to I don't even think 18 year old Salima was worried about men or anything like that to be honest uh, so I don't know let me think about that
0: or you could just say to your okay. yourself,
1: the girl that needed you the
0: most whatever oh. age that was, what hmm. would you tell her right now?
1: That has yeah, got to be a, a great question. question. And I, I think <laughs> the person that needed me the absolute most would probably be an adolescent so like a young person who's really dealing with the, mm-hmm. you know, trauma that comes with not having a father around and I would probably tell her that you're gonna be just fine you can have those little tears or not little tears you know you can have that upset and that frustration and you're gonna be just fine to not take it personally and to understand that the people around you are doing the best that they can with what they have even though it doesn't feel like it they mm. genuinely don't have any more to give right or wrong mm. Mm. and that's not your fault it is not a reflection on you it's not your uh, issue to fix and that you'll be you'll be okay just hold on there little sister girl you'll be fine that's that's I love that yep that's what I would tell kids Salima
0: that's really amazing and that's something that I've identified with and it's like I respect my parents a lot more now because I understand how easy it was for them Mm -hmm. to do the things that they've done um and made the choices that they made and they did the best with what they knew how and that's how you respect someone in that situation now since I know better I need to do Mm -hmm. better um and that is what is required of me. Um, and I think a lot of times we go through similar situations as our parents because um, to humble us, kind of, um, and to maybe potentially even have the opportunity to reverse mm-hmm. those situations, mm-hmm. to have a different outcome. Um, so, yes, but this is amazing. Um I appreciate you taking the time to do this interview, and thank you, Um, and thank you for being such a good friend, and a sweetheart to Micah, and continue to do your- uh, you know mm-hmm. be great continue to be great so what I do want you to do mm-hmm. is share to the listeners
1: ways in which
0: that they can contact you in relation to your business oh and sure you
1: do. I, I want to thank you also for being a good friend and thank you for offering me that seat not just because my feet started to hurt but because I I do think that I got to also be an equally great person that I can learn from and grow from so thank you for that and thank you for the opportunity to be interviewed and speak to your listeners and even hear my own voice and just help me to be encouraged by discussing my triumphs so I appreciate that opportunity and people can reach me on social media I have uh instagram page which is salima the agent i have facebook which is under my uh my name and also my my yoruba nigerian name which is (laughs) (laughs) which she's
0: gonna probably have to sell all this but go ahead
1: (laughs) uh s as in sam a l i m as in mary a and I think it's Falake is next, isn't it? Yeah, F-O-L-A-K-E, Salima Falake Cunningham. And Falake was actually, uh, after I traced my my genealogy, Yeah, after I yeah, traced certainly. that uh, African mm-hmm. friend of mine gave me that name. And coincidentally, it means the same thing as my name given at birth my muslim name which is all you know peace wisdom purity protected one all of that so that's pretty interesting so that's where people can meet uh reach me i i also have a uh, instagram page for my investment business which is cunningham investments
0: that's awesome thanks again and this will be the end of the recording